Hello, and welcome to Be Intentional, the podcast that talks about marketing, mindset, and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur. When you're trying to broadcast your message, it can be really overwhelming. Trying to be on all the social media platforms, you got TikTok and LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and all these at YouTube and all these things that you want to be on, all these channels, all these different online platforms. And it can become really overwhelming really fast. And so today I want to talk about one of the platforms that has helped me the most personally in my business and helped me grow my network, introduce me to people who I never thought I'd be able to connect with and talk with. Also, to be quite honest, just my highest converting platform where I was able to talk to business owners and entrepreneurs and different people and be able to help them with their marketing, especially when we first launched Day by Day Solutions. This was such a godsend because it helped me reach people I never thought I'd be able to reach and be able to obtain more customers than I thought I could in the first year. So it was, it's really amazing and I really appreciate this platform and it's one that most people don't think about. It's LinkedIn. Yeah, I know, kind of surprising, right? If you haven't been on there since you've been looking for a job, it may be time to go back and dust off your old profile and you know look at things anew and see what's going on on there and check it out. Today, we have a very special guest, Brim Tillman. She is the LinkedIn whisperer. She's CEO of Social Selling Link. For over a decade, she's been teaching entrepreneurs, sales teams, and business leaders how to leverage LinkedIn for social selling. So she's gonna walk us through some of the best practices on LinkedIn, how to social sell, how to create a profile that doesn't seem so spammy, that doesn't seem so salesy, that you know does the job, but does it in the most authentic way to show up on LinkedIn and actually be able to connect with people and grow your network. And so I'm super excited to have our guest here with us today and learn more about LinkedIn. So Brim, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Josh. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule. I follow your content and I get to learn from you all the time. So it's so exciting for me to be actually get here and learn from you in person. I'm going to get so much out of this and I know our audience is too. Oh, a lot of pressure, but I'll I'll try to to show up. No pressure, no pressure. Yeah. In fact, you are the first LinkedIn expert that we've had on here. And I am such a, I'm going to say like passionate customer of LinkedIn because one, they've helped me so much. It's for everyone who knows our history here and what I do. I get so many of my clients from LinkedIn and It's changed so much over the years. Over the last few years, it's changed from only business people and it was only professionals to it being a lot more of a conversation base. Everyone's on there and there's been so many different dynamics. So I would love if you could tell us a little bit about LinkedIn because you know LinkedIn better than we do and how it's changed, how you've seen it change throughout the years. Yeah, it's funny. I've been using LinkedIn for social selling before the term social selling even existed. I identified very quickly the power of LinkedIn right from the get-go. And even though it has launched as this networking, job-seeking, recruiting tool, I saw the magic in LinkedIn from the perspective of we have the ability to filter and search our connections. In the sense, we get access to their Rolodex. So when we have that intel, 
and we can identify clients connections or centers of influence connections, we can begin to leverage our, our network to map out our social proximity to our ideal buyers and gain access at a high level of credibility. So while that's been consistent all the way through, your question was what has changed? And what has changed has been significant from the beginning of LinkedIn. And I will tell you on an almost a weekly basis, they're still changing. So you can log in and something has moved and something has, oh, yeah. and the good and the bad is they're always trying to improve the user experience. The bad is it hurts the user experience because they're like, <laughs> oh, I just found it and now it's gone, but it really just moved. So Sales Navigator, which is a, a premium product, is notorious for this. In fact, they redid their whole search experience. And yeah. it's rolling out now. Not everyone has it. And there's a missing filter. So I reached out to the product owner of Sales Navigator in an email. And I said, where did this go? And they go, what do you mean? And I ended up sending a screenshot of the old view. And I'm like, this filter. So I'm hoping they bring it back, right? So there are changes all the time, good, bad, and ugly. And my job is to figure out those changes quickly and uh, help people re-navigate the right way. And what about the audience? Because I know one of the first things kind of pushback I get from clients sometimes when I talk about, I really believe we should start with LinkedIn and start with LinkedIn organic. And then from there, go into the paid and, and search and that type of stuff. But uh, they're like, well, my client isn't really, you know, my audience isn't on LinkedIn or I sell to these types of people and they're really not on there. And I've seen in my experience, all types of different fields and different industries, what, what's your been in your experience? So there are a few things. If they've changed jobs in the last 10 years, they're there. Even if they're not actively using it, they're on there and they're accepting connection requests. They're connecting with people, they're building a network. So they may not be posting and they may not be very active, but we can find them and we can find out, again, I'm gonna go back to social proximity because that's really the power for salespeople is we can identify who can help us gain access to them. So what I always do when someone says, oh, I don't think my people are there. I said, let's do a quick search. Let's look. Don't make an assumption that they're not there. Um, whether you're selling into entrepreneurs or you're selling into a specific industry, at, you know, almost 800 million people on LinkedIn. I'll tell you who's probably not on LinkedIn, generally. Medical surgeons and doctors and specialists, except for if they're like a for-profit, like a dermatology, a mm. like I, I hate to say for-profit, but things that insurance don't necessarily cover, right. they're there because they're salespeople. <laughs> right. So if they have to sell their practice, if you see them, they're going to be there. A high level like doctors, because they're not finding jobs here. Same yeah. with educators. Less like public school or private school teachers mm -hmm. are not necessarily here in droves. Other than that, almost everyone is here. That, that <laughs> It's a professional. Yeah, I, that's been my experience too. And even especially the, with the new freelancers and the new entrepreneurs, like that whole audience, I saw that grow enormously over the last year or so. When you're on LinkedIn and you're looking for that and let's, you know, prospecting, looking to make those connections to expand your business as all of us are business owners here, what are some best practices to be able to do that? Well, so a few things. The first thing you have to do is make sure that your profile is value centric. We've got to actually convert it from a resume to a resource because that is representing you. And if nothing is there, 
you lose credibility. If a pitch is there, you lose credibility. So there's really an art and data that will lead us to creating profiles that really lead to our solution that get people interested in talking with us. That's the first thing. The second thing is social listening. Before you go out and share content and like try to have a presence on LinkedIn beyond the profile, we really have to identify what is it that our buyer wants to consume. A lot of times we share all the content that we want to share versus the content that they want to read or listen to or watch. So a little social listening can go a long way. The third thing is the content strategy. Now content strategy really there's a couple of ways to look at content. There's content to the newsfeed, which is sort of one to many, lots and lots of people, kind of random people can see it. Sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not. Use the right hashtags, right? Like the you're, it's up to the algorithm gods to where you show up, right? Then there's one to few. So I identify all of the business owners that I'm connected to and I take that post and I share it with them. And I say, Josh, as an entrepreneur, I think you might get some value from this post. I'd love to hear your thoughts in comment. Share it. And then I go through my 15 or 20 people that I want to engage. So now I help put juice around the algorithm because people are engaging. I'm engaging with the right people. Hopefully I've brought them really good value in the content that I shared. And then there's the one-to-one. -one. Mostly I do that one-to-one -one through video message on mobile. So I go into mobile, I click on Josh, I click on message, uh, take a video, selfie mode. Josh, it was really great being on your podcast. I had a I had such a fantastic time. You know, after we got off, I thought, boy, you could use uh, an article that we created that reminds you of a you know the topic that we talked about. If you're interested, let me know. I'll send you the link. Notice I didn't send it. I'm asking permission, and then there's a whole other level of respect of the inbox, right? So there's lots of ways. Content is not just like posting ghosts. It's not like just put it out there and hope and pray. There's lots of ways to draw traffic in organically. That is so oh. great. Go ahead. Then there's two more things. I forgot. <laughs> Nurturing your connections. This is the biggest mistake. Well, the biggest mistake you can make on LinkedIn is connect and pitch. Mm -hmm. The second biggest mistake is connect and forget. And we are all guilty of this, right? We're out there net new, selling new people every single day. And we've got this whole network that we're ignoring. So nurture your connections, take inventory, export your connections, search your first degrees and bring value to their day. I'm not saying go out and pitch them, but offer them content. Maybe you heard a great podcast and you're just, hey, I, you know, I know you're in sales and I just heard this great podcast. If you're interested, if you're a podcast listener, let me know. I'm happy to send over the link. Start a conversation with someone that has nothing to do with you, has to do with value. It can lead to your solution. Don't like if you're in healthcare, don't share you know, nursery school rhymes. Like make sure that, it, you know, that you're in the same realm. But I thought of you when I heard this podcast, here were some of my takeaways. If you're interested, let me know. I'll send you a link and you build real rapport, yeah. right? Not, and then number five is warm market. Search your clients' connections. And this is why I do LinkedIn, right? Search their connections, your COIs, search their connections, build a list of people that they know that you might want to meet, run the names by them and either get a few meaningful introductions or permission to drop their name when you reach out.
Those are some great tips. So thank you. That so much information. Guys, if you haven't listened or followed her podcast, uh, Marketing Sales Social Podcast. Making sales. Making, I'm sorry. I apologize. Making Sales Social Podcast. Definitely go and subscribe because there is so many tips in there. And one of the ones that she talked about was on there that I've used. And I actually have to be strategic with it because you get so many connections that if you don't follow up with them, you're kind of losing opportunities. So now I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that I have time before I engage in this way to be able to reply to people and pick up that conversation. One of them was very similar to the article one that you just talked about, which was actually sending them a poll and seeing how, and that's worked so well for me and marketing and connecting with people and engaging with people, which I love. So guys, definitely make sure you guys go check that out. And thank you so much for the, the valuable information and tips. Because if you if you do three out of those five, your whole engagement on LinkedIn is going to change. The way that you engage and connect with it, it'll all be different. Trust me. I'm like, th- these tips have helped me personally. So I can vouch for them. <laughs> and so getting a little more technical, because like I use Sales Navigator, but Definitely not to the level you use it. In fact, I've listened to some of the things. I'm like, I didn't even know you can do that. I'm like, make a note. So what are some things that are amazing about Sales Navigator and why should we use that versus just doing the organic? Yeah, well, they're both organic. So, but we call it LinkedIn.com or Sales Navigator. So that's how we kind of differentiate the two. So I absolutely love Sales Navigator for really four reasons. So the first reason is the search filters are crazy amazing. I mean, you can drill down really to people that are engaging on LinkedIn. So I love to do a search and then who posted in the last 30 days. So my first touch is engaging on their content. Right. Or who has a new job in the last 90 days, right? So, and then I have content specifically for sales leaders and marketers that have been in the job for 90 days or less that can help them do some things with LinkedIn and their team so that I'm on their radar all by providing value coming from a perspective of detaching from what that prospect is worth to you and attaching to what you're worth to them. When you keep bringing them value, you're going to get raised hands when the time is right for sure. So that's number one. Number two, when you save leads that you've identified, it saves them in a list and it saves their company. So now if any, if they're mentioned in the news, if, if they share content, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of there's career changes. People leave the company. It comes into your newsfeed and you can filter that in Sales Navigator. So instead of having all the noise in LinkedIn.com's newsfeed, you control it and it's probably 80, 85% relevant. So there are actionable things that we can do. The third thing is the ability to search a specific connections with all of those deep filters. So in LinkedIn.com, you can search, but you're limited now. And you're also limited to a thousand people that come up on the search. Now you might think that you are in sales navigator, because if you do the search and you choose their name in the filter first, you're always going to get 999. So you're like, okay, so you're stuck at that. However, if you do your entire search first in Sales Navigator and then add their name, you're going to get, you'll still only get in the 999s. You probably won't get as many, but you'll, it'll search all of their connections. So you're only getting the right ones. So versus anyway, so Sales Navigator, that seemed like a lot. 
but it, it's no that helped it's hard. it's much better when you're visually <laughs> right. seeing it but i love that and the other thing that i love is if you have a sales team and we have a small one we can share lead lists mm. so i have our sdr who does not make any calls all research make lists folks and sh so they do all the work to get to the right people and the right connections and then just share the list with us oh, wow. And you can share notes and add to the list and it's dynamic. And there's a bunch of other things, but I really love it. Oh, and smart link. Are you I am not smart link? I'm actually getting my pen ready because I'm like smart links. All right, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that's only available in the team version, but you can get one team member. It's a little more expensive, but it's a hub where you can upload content or link content. And then when people click through, you can see how long have they been there? Did they download anything? Oh. Really great insights. I actually send all of my proposals in SmartLink. So I actually had a proposal that kind of got ghosted from the uh, third quarter of 2021. And then two weeks ago, I saw activity. Oh. And so now... I've reached out, not saying, hey, I know that you're checking stuff <laughs> out, but I reached out with additional resources. And I'm like, you know, it's been a little bit since we connected. I recently put this ebook together that I thought would be helpful. And now they're back on my calendar. But if I didn't have smart links, I wouldn't know if they, if I had just sent them a proposal. But, uh, you know, it's just, you could do with all kinds of content and you get great data. Man, that's great. Thank you. I'm like, I'm going to actually start looking into that because that sounds actually really interesting and really helpful on that part of it. So going a little bit backwards, Sales Navigator, great tool. It can be, you got to put in the time because sometimes it can be really overwhelming. I remember the first time I went on there, I was like, whoa, this is a lot of information. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. So you had said something that I wanted to touch base on, which was the first mistake that you can do on LinkedIn is pitch right away. Connect with someone and pitch. Yeah. And that is... The most annoying thing that I found when people do to me is like, you connect it, awesome. All of a sudden I get these messages, these automated messages with pitches on them. And so if that is the worst way to do it, how do you do it? What's the best way to do it? Do you just leave them alone? What do you do? No, right? I have lots of conversations with people. I mean, that's the goal. So number one, I use warm introductions or permission to use a name. So you're coming in at a high level of credibility. Number two, I engage with them and continue to share value. There is a point where you might say, hey, you know, if you have this conversation going back and forth, you could say, hey, I, you know, I have a additional insights I'd love to share with you. Are you open to a conversation? But you got to earn the right to ask. And you, you have to master the ask-offer ratio. The ask-offer ratio is, I ask you to consume my content in exchange for your time. It's not free. They're buying it with their time. With so at the end of that consumption, there's one of three reactions. That was a bait and switch because it was a connect and pitch. Neutral does not create any conversations, but doesn't hurt you. And that's where almost everything mm -hmm. falls or compelling. And so if we can share compelling content, we get raised hands. We get people that say, I'd like to learn more. And you can always say, this resonates with you and you'd like to have a conversation. I'm always open. But 
A lot of the content piece and the outreach piece, you really want to create magnetism and attract them to you. But always saying, hey, if this is a, a topic you're exploring, I'm happy to offer insight. So you're, you're throwing that out there, but you're not being pushy. The real sales calls come from the referrals and the permission to name drop from who your clients know. Because by the time that introduction is made and you respond, because your shared connection said you should have a conversation, half of those convert. Huh. So the real, the, the, so there's a short game and a long game. The short game are the referrals. The long game is the engagement. But you need to do both. You need to play both games. Right. And so if there's someone just starting out, because that can sound like a lot of work. And there is definitely work when it comes to LinkedIn. What? Right. There is no easy button. So around how much time do you say that you spent? Well, maybe not you, because I'm like, that's that's what we do. So we spend, I'm like, I know I spend more than the average person on there because half of it is information and learning it. But if you're developing the system, what is business owner, especially if you're a new entrepreneur in the first couple of years, you're having so many hats on and doing so many things. And sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I have to allocate this much time to this and this much time to that. What is a good amount of time to be spending on it? Because I know a lot of people get overwhelmed and they go, I don't touch it because I need too much of an investment that I don't have time for right now. So profiles once and done, right? Probably 90 minutes to two hours, but then it's done. So that should be first. Social listening, you should just be following your clients, your prospects, and looking at their stuff naturally. Like it should just be part of your day. Content, I'm just going to like kind of put content on the table for a moment. Connecting with all of your clients as soon as you have a conversation with them. It all becomes part of the fabric of your day. Like anyone that tells you, spend 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the early afternoon, 15... They don't understand salespeople or business owners, right? They just don't understand. What has to happen is this has to become part of the fabric of what you do. I'm going to get on a call with someone. I'm going to take a, two minutes before that call and look through their profile. I'm going to get on a call with a client. I'm going to say, take five minutes before I get on the call with a client and identify eight or 10 people they're connected to that I would love to get in front of. One of my pet peeves is when LinkedIn specialists or LinkedIn trainers say, segment these periods of time throughout your day. The only thing that is if you are an original content producer, then you do have to do that. But generally, if you are not, you don't, content can be after you have successes with the warm market mm -hmm. approach. The best use of your time is nurturing your warm market, connecting with them, engaging with them, getting introductions, permission to name drop, and then once you have that success, you can, maybe you share a piece of content. If you have marketing support, maybe you have an outsourced marketing company, they can share on your company's behalf and then you can just engage on that. Like there's a lot of things that you can do, but start with the, in my, I mean, I'm a sales trainer who teaches LinkedIn, not a marketer or a social media person. Like I'm a sales trainer. So I will say hands down, leverage your warm market first. And that should just be part of the fabric of your day. The content piece, that'll come later. I'm like, you touched on so many things. I have so many questions. I, I love it. So I'm like, guys, you definitely want to consume her content in every way you can because you'll get so much value out of it. So one of the things that I love that you said is that you're a sales trainer that also does LinkedIn. And so 
because of that, I know a lot of people, they talk about content, they talk about marketing, they talk all about this stuff, but they forget the sales part of it, which is actually what it grows our, and scales our businesses. You have to know how to sell at the end of the day. So I would love if you could touch on that and how, because you say sales and so many people think, oh, car salesmen and these people, and it has such a bad connotation to it. And I go, that is literally what business is. Like, that's what we do. Like, if you don't know how to do that, you're probably not going to make it. <laughs> right. So you can, you can change out sales for business development if you feel more comfortable. I'm fine with that. But it really, I'm not sure what the question is, but ultimately sales on LinkedIn or social selling is really about building rapport and relationships, sharing value, being a resource, showing up consistently and understanding that the sale will come when the time is right from the marketing standpoint. From the sales, the more value that we share, the more compelling moments we have. You always have the sales mentality. You have to have to ask, I'm glad that was helpful to you. I have other insights I'm happy to share if you'd like to jump on a call. Our goal is to schedule calls, but those calls can't be, hey, let me pitch you my mm -hmm. stuff. They need, you offer insights, you've got to go in and offer insights. You can ask some discovery questions, but at the end of that call, you will have to have brought them value, even if they don't hire you. And those turn into clients, right? They appreciate that. I'm a huge go-giver fan, Bob Berg and go-giver. And if we're coming from, I'm going to say it again, I know I already saw it, from detaching from what the client or the prospect is worth to us and attached to what we are worth to them, they want mm, to work like with that. us, right? And so we're always moving to the next step, offering the next step, but it doesn't sound like it's because we want to make a sale. It's because we really want to help. And you have to be okay with helping people, even if it doesn't convert. Right. You get off that call and even if it doesn't close, if they go, man, that was awesome, you yeah. won. I will tell you just a quick story. I had this scenario a couple of years back where someone engaged on my content, big VP of a big company that I really wanted to be in. We got on an insights call. I brought value. He loved it. Ended up over the next couple of weeks doing a proposal, never closed. He just took a job at another company three weeks ago. And I was one of the first people that got wow. called and we have training scheduled for their company in a couple of weeks it starts, right? So I didn't, I was not annoying. It wasn't right for them. I continue to bring value. I stopped saying, hey, where are we with this proposal? Are you still interested? I just kept bringing value every few months. I'd send him something. And then he's now at a company that needs what I do. And I didn't have to close anything. They called and they said, can you send us a proposal? I looked at the old proposal, put on the new logo and sent it. <laughs> and it closed. I love it. Yeah. So we have to nurture. That is awesome because I feel like that. I'm like, there's so many things that you said that I, I really love. The people are buying with their time. And the fact that if they get a, if they come off of a call and they feel like that was a great call and I got value from it, that that was a win. I love that because I feel like sometimes we lose sight of what's really important and how these transactions actually take place. When we hear a lot of, uh, I want to say like kind of the, the gurus and the, and the people who are just like, you just need this type of thing and you just need to say, close this and do this. And, 
and it sometimes life isn't so cut and dry. It doesn't always work out that way. And real relationships have so many different types of intricate details that go into them. It's not just, oh, are they a client? Or are they not a client? Are they a customer or not? Did they buy or they didn't? The, the way that you leave someone feeling and the way that people, t- what they take away from it, I believe is just as important as if they actually bought something from you. And it sounds like you feel the same way from what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you do the right thing, people want to work with you when the time is right. I completely agree. And I, I love people who have that kind of mentality and that heart as same as you do. And so if people want to find out more about you and consume more of your content, where can they find you and how do they get a hold of you? So still the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn. So that's pretty easy. Consume content. We have a free content library at uh, socialsaleslink.com slash library. Totally free. Lots of master classes, all kinds of fun stuff. If you have any interest in listening to our podcast, go to socialsaleslink.com slash podcast for making sales social. Love it. And guys, all of those will be in the show notes. So she is just one click away and want to make sure that you guys head over there because I know I consume the content because I find it valuable and I've been doing this for a few years now. So I know that you'll find value in that. Well, can I of add course. one more thing? And this is something you can do with everyone you want to follow. So make sure you do this with Josh. If you go to my profile, there's a little bell. If you ring the bell, when I share content, it'll go into your notifications. Go on to Josh's and ring his bell. Go ahead and all the people that you want to engage. This is also a prospecting tip. If you want to engage with your prospects, ring their bell. You'll be notified when they have new content so you can engage and stay on top top of mind. Oh, what a great tip to leave us with. I love that. Thank you. That was awesome. (laughs) Guys, thank you guys for spending a little bit of time with us today. And remember, be intentional about the life that you are creating. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. You can DM me at Josh Olmos SR, that's J-O-S-H-O-L-M-O-S-S-R, or LinkedIn, Joshua Olmos, or website, josholdmossr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.